Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, and John, the uh, the streak is alive again. Streak of one. Streak of one. We're going We're back, baby. Well, you know, you know, all good things have to end and they have to start over again. So the NFL draft streak health healthily this year um, kicked off with four players, I would say. Yeah. The first time Michigan State has had four players selected since I think it was 2016. Um, so how do you feel about that? I feel sad about that. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's a, it's really, it was a bitter. It wasn't surprising to see. Like it wasn't right. like, damn, it's been that long. Because yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's not shocking given yeah. what's happened between then and now. But it is a little sad. But if I take an even further step back, it really, <laughs> the further we get from it, the more impressed I get with what Mark D'Antonio and his coaching staff were able to do with what they had like the fact that they had what they had like one two losing seasons with with you know uh how many guys getting drafted in that entire span like it's 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 pretty impressive and none of which were um highly recruited kids that's not fair not none but many of which you know obviously william golston and uh other mcdowell made the league but still it, it was quite astonishing, yeah. And I think it was like you said, it, it was something we knew. It had it had been a long time, but it was kind of like when your doctor's like, "Hey, so you <laughs> you haven't weighed this little since 2016," and you're like, "Yeah, I knew that." But like when you say it, it yeah. really comes me out a little bit. Kind of so, hurts my feelings. <laughs> so I don't. I'd like to say that. Um, well, before we talk about next drafts. Um, which we could, because I know you're obsessed. Um, Correct. But I think we should talk about this one because n- not only the four guys uh, got drafted, but a handful of others are getting shots um, around the league. But before we get to them, even I wanted to talk about a thing that like really kind of like the vision, the kind of like the 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 bar that needs to be in the back of everyone's mind, and that is that Georgia had. 15 guys drafted the most in NFL history for seven rounds, <laughs> five of which were first rounders, all defensive players. And 
Let me tell you. Man. Like, I'll be, to be fair, Michigan State's program knows similar success. You know, if you're familiar with the national championship teams, there was an NFL draft where I believe four of the top eight were MSU picks. Uh, So I'm not, it's pretty close to that. And I think after you saw the just the first round of this draft, Austin, it made me think like there were literally uh, every team, not every team, but almost every team Georgia played this year, their fan base they were playing like thought they had a shot. And outside of Alabama, that was, in hindsight, hysterical. It's comical. I mean, it's not even like those teams thought they actually had a shot because I'm not sure any of them did. But those fan bases had to go into every week telling themselves that, hey, maybe there's a way. You know what I mean? You had to, like, try to convince yourself. And it's just 15 players getting drafted. None none of them are your quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them aren't even your starters. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just banana land. Like, I, I can't. It's hard to describe. I mean, like you said, it's it's the most ever in a seven-round draft. But, like, do we understand that only 22 guys start, like, period? And they, had, <laughs> and they had 15 guys get drafted into the NFL? Yeah, and, that, and like, there are guys that couldn't get drafted that play, by the way. So, like, it could have been maybe more. You think about, I mean, God, oh, yeah. we got a mere speed, as we both know, got, as we've said ad nauseum got beat out by a kid who probably is league bound next year. Oh, is, is if you've already like me immediately started looking at the 2023 mock drafts, the Keely Ringo is the kid who beat him out, who is absolutely headed for a first round draft pick. If he, you know, barring health and all that good stuff uh, next year, you also have um, the fact that they had to Darion Kendrick, a kid like, the corners were so good, they forced Darion Kendrick to transfer to <laughs> Clemson, some bum program called Clemson. He got drafted. I mean, and, and the irony of the five first-round draft picks is, like I said, not their quarter, not a quarterback. Uh, and it also wasn't what was un- almost unanimously referred to as the best player on that defense in the Kobe Dean. Like, even yeah. the, the linebacker, he was hurt because uh, he dropped to, like, the third round, which was – yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was, every that sucks. every it sucks for him, but he is going to end up being. He's still going to end up being a stud. Um, and you're everyone's going to think, why did we let one little shoulder injury scare us off from taking the right. fastest linebacker in the NFL? Because his four two thirty. I mean, he's on. Un, he's unbelievable. Every time I watch that Georgia defense, which was fun every single time, I remember telling people, "Watch." I think he was number seventeen. I'm like, "Watch 17. You will have a blast watching this football game. If you just watch him and then Lewis Seen, the guy who got drafted 32nd by the Vikings, I'm like, just watch those two guys play, and you're going to have a freaking blast watching this team, in, you know, in addition to how many other dudes. So just in, in the only thing that I do want to temper some of what you said, like, I don't know that that's, like, necessary to win a national championship because it's literally the most ever, but it is. That's the vision. That's the vision. It's not insane to think that, like, there's another team out there that 
could come could flirt with this record. I mean, I wonder how many times Bama's flirted with this over the years. So yeah, point is, poop, super super happy about having four guys, but it's uh, it's a little ways off from from what we're seeing out of Georgia. So uh, you know, Austin, we're we'll admit we're doing a little. You're just leading the lion's share of a side project here, where yeah, you know, we're looking just at raw talent and. Like you said, 15 is an obnoxious number. But I think what we're going to come to after we start to round out some of this information we've been mining is that there is a bare minimum um, necessary to yeah. to compete, to compete for a national championship, which is very different than get to the college football playoff. Those are very. not those are two different things, by the way. We we know that we've we've <laughs> we have been. Yes, there. we have felt that. And so. You know what that number is or range is, we'll find. But um, it, it's it's more than four, and um, it's going to have to. Yes. Uh, but we're but they're building toward it. They really are. And this draft, you know, once you start getting guys drafted, and in in a bunch of different ways too, um, you you build momentum, right? Like absolutely. So this was kind of the last thing mel needed as a proof point even though we all knew k9 was an nfl player you know probably right. game three but you still need like the jerseys you know you oh, yeah. need the you know to to retweet the highlights because you know kurt cousins checkdowns are just not the hottest thing <laughs> on, the, on the main feed you know so maybe uh, maybe on your timeline yes <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, you know, you make a good point. So the four guys that were drafted, Kenneth Walker, Jalen Naylor, my personal favorite, Connor Hayward. Oh, wow. Getting drafted. Like I, I had an emotional reaction when I saw that. Uh, and then AJR Curie getting drafted as well. I think each of them, like you said, are kind of drafted in different ways almost. Like you said, K9 was a sure thing, goes in the second round for a running back. That's I mean, that's elite territory for a running back. He ends up being the second one off the board, only behind Brees Hall, who was also a second-round pick, went to the Jets a little bit earlier. Um, K-9 huge goes mistake. to – Huge mistake. Yeah, I'll huge mistake by the Jets. He is mistake by the Jets because they let they had a guy who looked great and green, and they just let him go. And because Brees Hall, who is a great running back, already has like no – he's run the ball 2,000 times at Iowa State. Right. Like, good luck. Have fun. You know, he, he's not going to make it through his rookie contract. I hope he does. But like, yeah, but that's the mileage thing. And that's, that's what, what I mean. Well, yeah, big time. You're absolutely right. I mean, Kenneth Walker, all things considered, has pretty light mileage on the tires. And I like I want to talk about the fit on each of these teams, too. So Kenneth Walker, personally, I really hope he's successful. I absolutely hate yeah. where he landed. Seattle is if I were to had made, I had a couple of, te- I wanted him to go to like the bills or the chiefs or one of these good teams that didn't <laughs> any, like didn't have pressure on him to succeed. Uh, Tampa, green Bay, new England, you know, one of these places where he could go and thrive as a running back. And quite frankly, one of the organizations that I would expect to have the luxury to take a running back, but instead <laughs> he goes to Seattle, which is in the midst of a, of a complete and total teardown. Um, Drew Locke looking like the starter there after they oh, traded okay. Russell Wilson, which, yeah, I know. I, yeah, that's exactly the correct reaction. Uh, you know what? Kenny's going to be like, and not lying, being like, it was cool to have a better quarterback in college. 
there. <laughs> I thought I was moving on from like Wake, you know, where they're going to actually use me to Michigan right. State, where you're like, well, I just need a real O, o- line and off, you know, uh, to help me out. And then he gets to Seattle. He's like, oh, no, no, but I still need a capable quarterback. Like, you can't just give me an offensive line that's better. But it's also like not better. That's the oh thing. yeah, like yeah. that's also a very bad offensive line. It's a bad. It's that's that's a that's a bad situation he went to. But he's still immensely talented, and they love to run the ball. So he's going to get his chances. And I, I don't have any doubt that K is going to pull himself together as a really nice pro, if not a a very nice pro. So that's that's great. The next pick was Jalen Naylor. First of all, congratulations to Speedy for getting drafted. I think he was that was not a given um exciting to see him go to minnesota a place where he is you know going to get a chance to make the roster a team that doesn't have a ton of receiver depth besides um oh my god what's justin jefferson yeah so that's that's exciting gets to reunite with uh well not really reunite but unite with kirk cousins a sparty quarterback so that's that's great i think the cool thing about this one is that naylor when your second best at a position gets drafted, that means you're doing something right. And Naylor was the one B or the, the clear number two receiver. And I think um, I think there's kind of like a key tenet that that I do want to point out. And I know I've already mentioned Mark D'Antonio once in this call, but or this call, this podcast. But <laughs> um, I don't know that Jalen Naylor gets drafted if Mark D'Antonio is that coach. And what I mean by that is Mel Tucker, amongst the many changes he's made, one thing he's done has he's opened his doors, the doors of the program to the NFL. Um, I think, you know, Brandon, uh, the Brandon Jordan, the defensive end coach is just another example of this. He's opening and inviting these NFL players to come work out at their facilities. He's allowing scouts to come uh, to these pro days and these other private workouts. And that is not, that's something that actually Mark D'Antonio was notoriously viewed negatively for. Rightly or wrongly, we don't know because we're not, you know, we're not scouts, but uh, he had a reputation in the pro community as being very stingy with access to his program. And I think it ultimately probably cost him guys getting picked uh, throughout the course of his tenure. And because I look at Jalen Naylor and then I look at a guy like Cody White and I'm not, I'm not sure that one is that much better than the other, but you see Jalen Naylor get drafted and you saw Cody White didn't. So, you know, I, I think that's this, the fact that they're getting guys picked at the end here and they're guys that aren't sure things or they weren't their best producers or whatever, I think really is a testament to another part of the program and the pro pipeline that, that Mel is created that's really that's really interesting observation i would never have thought of that but yeah i mean i remember even last year and it was mel's first year but you remember guys just fell off the board no one would take a chance Mm -hmm. Um, like you said i think a year's worth of access and relationships and frankly on field success absolutely uh, help help you know give you a better feeling about taking a a sixth or a seventh rounder from a program that people have heard of, you know? Yeah. Versus, I don't know. It's just safer, right? Well, it's just, I mean, you feel ultimately these scouts and these coaches and these programs trust their own evaluation. And half of that, I mean, this, it's like any other business where if you, you trust the people, you know, the best, right. 
And the people you know the best in this business are the ones that give you access and feedback and honest reports on who their guys are and that will open their doors to you. Um, and again, that's not something Mark D'Antonio was was known for doing necessarily. And I think the fact that, you know, there's a, a guy in town now who's like, I mean, he knows, again, he's trying to build this. Mel Tucker's trying to build this pipeline. He wants the best players to come to his school. And those the best players are intent on going to the NFL. The best way to get there is to create these relationships and create this open door policy. And it, it's all trickle down. It's going to end up helping his recruiting because he's helping kids get drafted. And that's what all the best players want. So okay. um, credit credit to him there. Um, very special next player in my heart. Connor Hayward uh, ends up going in the sixth round to the to the Steelers. Uh, Michigan State fan or not, you have to admit that this is one of the cooler stories mm-hmm. in the draft. He gets drafted by the organization his dad played for, the organization his brother has played for for like 15 years in Pittsburgh, true football community. Um, and honestly, like as landing spots go where you trust a a, a pro an NFL program the same way you you know you trust a college program to find a fit for a player there's not many better landing spots than than landing with the Steelers so um yeah and what a dude just what a story what man a story. he goes from from an from an unproductive running back a miscast running back to entering the transfer portal to leaving to playing tight end and H back and all this stuff and ends up getting drafted like yeah, getting drafted is that's incredible. And you don't draft a guy like him, the like an H back, which is not a thing. You don't right. draft that. It, I say this in a good way, unless you know what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Like you have an idea. You don't go out of your way to get a gadget. <laughs> like you need to know what you want to do with it and try it out. So that's great news. I would have been terrified if he didn't get drafted. Because that meant no offensive coordinator was interested enough to playing with a toy. It, you, yeah. You know? So I'm thrilled. I think it's the perfect, one of the perfect landing spots. You know, if you were to, again, drop, drop like a top five place where you want him to land, uh, Steelers are certainly one of those organizations. You know, and on top of that, it's, I, I think the fact, and this might be reading too far behind the lines or between the lines, but the fact that it's a sixth rounder and not a seventh rounder to me mm-hmm. sort of sort of matters mm-hmm. because it wasn't just a feel good story for the photos. Like, well, yeah, I mean, a, a sixth round pick is, I mean, you can go through the go go through rosters last year, tons of sixth round historical sixth round picks playing. I guarantee it. Like, I, I don't, I mean, it's not every one of them, but. I, there, it's not a throwaway pick. NFL draft picks are highly valued, and it's an opportunity to find an impact player on your roster. And it's exciting that there is like a gadget, you know, that there is somebody that's excited about a, a type of gadget player. And we saw enough from him, and I think that's what's so cool. And this is where, uh, with Naylor Hayward and then AJ Curry, who went seventh round to the Rams, this is where Jay Johnson, I think, in particular, mm. deserves a lot of credit because. Yeah. He found ways to make it work and highlight the strengths of all of these players. Um, he is the the brains behind why Connor Hayward was so productive last year. He saw the vision. He knew what he could use him for, and he did it exceptionally well. Yep. Um, I think Arcuri, uh, another guy, 
that deserves a ton of credit. I mean, this was uh, this was the biggest surprise to me. I mean, and he got in just under the wire. I think he was in the 250s or something like that out of 270. Uh, but I, he won't be the last offensive lineman that gets drafted by uh, the under the Mel Tucker tenure. But um, it's the most most surprising draft pick of, of this year by far. I mean, our Curie, we always I think you know the the Michigan State diehards. We always said. Um, this guy's got it all if he can just stay healthy, uh, which he struggled to do. But I think it's awesome. I mean, this is this is talk. I mean, Brian Allen was a obviously a D'Antonio player, but this is the second Michigan State offensive lineman that's been picked by by the Rams, which is you know they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. I think that says says oh. something, and it's exciting. He's getting a shot. It's a huge deal for the same reason for on a more mind. Um, smaller scale for the offensive line unit that needs as much talent and flux as it can. It's just one yeah. way you can say. Like I got, and, and hats off to Arcuri. He worked his tail off. He had bad injury luck. Congratulations to him. And I think on top of that, though, Chris Kafovich can say, "Oh yeah, like I got, <laughs> and not as a knock, but like I got this unit from 2020, that team, a guy mm-hmm. in the game. Okay. Imagine, I got him drafted. That's pretty sorry, impressive. Got him the shot, right? And to be able to say that to some of the guys that they're courting now, I think you can. they can do the math, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, wow, what a jump you gave those guys. What could you do for me? So, yeah. great. I mean, shout out to all these guys. That's awesome. And there were a few other guys that got picked up. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, some undrafted uh... – opportunities here uh speaking of offensive linemen kevin jarvis getting right. a look with the detroit lions um as a lions fan i love that i mean jarvis another he was one of the more highly rated recruits of the entire d'antonio era guy who just couldn't really stay healthy but you'd like to think i mean he was certainly serviceable when he, he if if not extra serviceable when he was healthy so awesome for him to get a shot uh especially with an organization run by Brad Holmes, who has unearthed a lot of good late round value um, and, and UDFA value. So super exciting for him. Jacob Panashuk getting a shot with the Washington commanders. Um, that's obviously exciting. Don't know much about the fit or the depth chart there, but listen, if there's one thing you know about Jacob Panashuk is that he is going to, he is going to grind and try as hard as he possibly can. And uh, I think the thought of him in, in a three, four, as kind of like that stand-up edge is is exciting, and I believe that's the kind of defense Washington's running nowadays. So that's awesome. And then um, Matt Coughlin getting the invite to uh, kick for the Chicago Bears—a fate I would not wish unto my worst enemy. <laughs> However, there's there's nobody that could handle it better than our our friend McMuffin. So uh, I, I uh, maybe he's the one that breaks the curse. Who knows? He could be. I will say that. I think we were all a little too harsh on this kid. I think he will be missed. His consistency in the extra point game will be missed. Never missed one. Um, You don't notice those things when they're always happening, right? And, you know, will he make it in the NFL? It's hard to ever project, right? But I think a lot of people need a really big leg to even have the conversation. I'm not sure if he's there. Um, But, hey, I mean, I don't know. I I hope he – I hope he he makes it, and who knows? I mean, you never know what happens. And 
Cup, and then Anthony Russo, right? Yeah, uh, he got the rookie uh, mini camp tryout. I'm not, I'm not sure what that means, candidly. <laughs> <laughs> I think, hey, your backup QB is getting a look. I mean, what is this program? On a quarterback needy, needy team, they did draft Matt Corral, but uh, a quarterback needy franchise as well. I mean, and I saw, I saw a franchise draft uh, Kirk Cousins after drafting a quarterback first. So, sure did. Just saying. I'm, what I'm saying is Anthony Russo is going to be the Panthers' quarterback. I yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue when you put it like that. There's really no. No arguing the point, but this, this is exciting because I think we've talked about it before, but just to wrap it up, but this is the second least talented team yeah. last year's was probably the second least talented top to bottom team Mel, Mel Tucker will ever coach in green and white. And they managed to turn out four NFL draft picks from that. And that's what, I mean, that is, that is one transfer. And those are three guys that they did not recruit. That is very impressive, uh, and it should get you even more excited for for the years in the future when, you know, maybe four is uh, seen as a, a light year. And I'll be honest, I, I look at the next year and the year after, and I think the over under for picks uh, should be pretty should be pretty good showings here coming up. There might be. I mean, it's hard to it, to project, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, there's some talent coming in. I think we haven't seen in a while like that didn't need to be um, uh, molded like just raw talent that's coming through these doors via the transfer portal um, and through the recruiting uh, but that'll happen in a couple years I don't know like you said it it could get high uh, which is which is what it needs to be if you want to compete um, I have one I have a live question that for you Austin from our mm. dear friend Sarah G Oh boy. She wants to know if, as it relates to the NFL draft, is it possible to have too many big boys on one NFL team? Mm. The Steelers seem to be um, up having this challenge right now. Uh, I'm going to say no, but mm. I would like to see a team made up of entirely thick boys. However, <laughs> uh, if there was a limit, yeah, the Steelers are probably – Getting Push pretty down. darn close because uh, Najee Harris is mm. quite a large man. Chase Claypool is quite a large man. And uh, obviously our boy Connor Hayward is pretty significant himself. So, um, yeah, I like that they're going for like the, the all-unit team. Mm. I'm, personally, I kind of wish Big Ben was still there to really uh, hammer it home. But, you know. I'm, I'm glad he's not there for a different reason, but for the big – thickness of it yeah yeah the all thickness team here um one last thing you did you see the photos of connor and his and his like family i know his older brother is he's a big kid and his brother makes him look very small i would be very upset if i was a steelers fan <laughs> and like saw because it looks like he's tiny it looks yeah he looks like a child he looks like a little brother like that has, you know, <laughs> I can't wait till I grow up. Like it's <laughs> going to play football just like you, big bro. Yeah. NFL players are mutants, man. Like <laughs> it's just absurd. It's extremely true. Yeah. They're, uh, he's, he's got a little catching up to do, but I, you know, 
I have faith. So that was I I enjoyed myself. Do you have any other th- thoughts on football? Did we talk about? Um, I, there are a couple of things I did want to touch on. The I mean, as it relates back to to Lions fans. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's important to discuss because you know, listen, because you're a Michigan State podcast, that means you also inherently have to talk about Michigan. And Michigan had uh, the number two overall draft pick, eight mm-hmm. months go to the Detroit Lions. Uh, John, we find ourselves in a very interesting slice of the football fandom where we are rooting actively against one team, but for another, both mm. of which are now represented by one player. Um, and I, I think it's okay. Like, I, <laughs> I you know, like I, I, th- I, I'm, I'm doing every, like I am, a a younger Austin would not have handled this very well. Um, sure. Would have would have been pretty upset and just probably like actively rooted against him during the games, wow. sabotaging his own team. Wow. Would you not have? Mm, I'd like to think no. Mm, I don't know. You can't, t- you can't tell me that there's not part of you that when you're in your early 20s, wouldn't have seen him sack the quarterback and you'd be like, shit. Like part of you wouldn't have been like, damn it. Like the, just a little bittersweet part. Mm. You really don't think you would have felt that way. No, I think I would have definitely felt that. Absolutely. Good. It's not just me. No, it's not. But I think also we're old enough now where we're starting to (laughs) take a look at how many, how many fandom years do I have left? Yeah. It's, it's such a good point. Like I can't, and I, that's, I yeah. had to, be, to I had to fight that fight when yes. this happened because it was uh, it was very much like a maturing moment where yeah. it's the right pick. We Aiden need Hutchinson is a really real like whether again we want to admit it or not we want to troll or not it's a it's a great pick. He's a great player. He's from the area. He brings that you know classic effort grind you know lunch pail use whatever language he's also to free. describe it. Also but on top, on top of all that, this kid was a high four-star recruit, a high performer at your local university. Whether you think he should have been in the Heisman discussion or not doesn't matter. This guy was incredible, and he fits the profile that this team needs. And I here's the only concession I'll make. The only thing I'll tie it back to my little bit of pettiness, because I do say that sports fans need to be petty. Yeah, I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Sure. This is a no-lose situation for Michigan State fans. No-lose. No-lose at all. Because if he is great, we get to stand arm-in-arm with our Detroit Lions brethren and say, listen, we can put our fandom aside. That was a great pick. And if he stinks, the ammo that that provides online, basically, is pretty significant. Can I add Um, one more? Please do. If he's successful, we get to say, wow, what a great pick. It's so fortunate that he didn't play Kenneth Walker this week. And I hope <laughs> we continue to not play. Because we just got to hope we don't play the Seahawks. Because he's because Aiden Hutchinson is great. We agree. And we want him to be great. And he can't be great if he's playing Kenneth Walker. So we just got to avoid yeah. that matchup. And, and he's a stud. So... That's my takeaway. 
I love that so much. See, like, just, you have to keep that little bit. Of course. A little bit of, of that alive forever because ever, otherwise your heart's not beating. Austin, I'll make a to our listeners. If you are ever struggling with a way to become petty over any situation, DM us. We will yeah, help. Please reach out. We We're will absolutely help. help you become pettier. Um, yeah, yeah I'm so very good other, at it. Any other uh, football conversation? Oh, we lost Quavo Crouch. Yes. The portal give and Thank the portal you. taketh away. Uh, there have been a handful of guys that have we've lost over the you know past two years. We were kind of like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, I don't think this was one of them. Do you want to give your take? I think two things, very positive things. One, I hope he finds um, a great landing spot, whatever he's looking for. Number two, there was a he was his transfer into Michigan State, I think, was a moment for MSU fandom where where we all kind of turned a corner and said, oh, not just getting portal guys like that's like a guy like that. That's an immediate linebacker starter and is good. And we're all like, wow, okay." And then we saw photos of him and we were like, oh. And that was like an aha moment for at least me, where it was like, yeah, okay, Mel Tucker is looking for a different dude than I, you know, we're used to. And then Quavo Clark transfers because, candidly, it's going to be tough to see the field. And if you can do all of those things in, in one year, the, I would argue the program is ascending quickly. That's where I'll leave it. Yeah, and I think there is something like, First of all, thank you for your service, Quiveras Crouch. <laughs> you gave us some awesome moments awesome. in one year, uh, tackling the like hitting that Michigan punter into the Earth's crust was fantastic. Made some big plays. Showed us what a real athletic linebacker can look like, and and you were part of our journey, and we appreciate that. Um, I don't think it's coincidence that the first major position addressed in the portal this year was well the first two made were running back obviously and then linebacker with Jacoby Winman and Brule. Chris Bogle might even end up standing up. You saw Maagateote go into the portal, pull back out. Same for Ben Van Sumeran. So you it's not although Sumer, Ben BBS might end up playing a little bit of gadget. We don't know. But the point of the matter is you saw a big influx of talent to that position. Mm-hmm. Writing might have been on the wall. There was one thing you heard pretty consistently about Crouch is that he um, he liked to freelance, and we knew that was his uh, that that was his mo at Tennessee. It didn't really go away, and uh, you know you, I think that might have been the reason he's gone. More than talented enough to keep playing, the dude is an absolute freak. I just hope he. Um, yeah, ends up ends up being successful whether it's in college or he sits out for a year and goes to the pros. Who who, who knows? But I, I hope he's nothing but successful. I hope a program takes him on that is all about vibes and feelings oh. and just lets him live his best life. Yeah. You know where he could go that would really solve that? What's Northern, let's, Northern let's, Iowa? Oh, Day, chilling. Right. The vibe king. Okay, so let's quick. I want to keep talking quickly about this position because. We were learning in real time. I, I, I'll speak for myself, not everybody, but I think it's a fan base. Mel has grown us up a little bit to big boy world. Like mm-hmm. he, he's like showing us things that we maybe knew existed, 
but we're like, oh, we can do it a different way. And like, yeah, yeah. no, you can't. So <laughs> he, here's what the Quavo did all those things, right? You know, I walked through and then the, the writing was on the wall that he, maybe he wasn't going to be able to play this year. If you looked at our defense last year, you would have said like, well, the secondary needs the most work. And you would have looked at Cal Halliday, freshman All-American, and Quavo Crouch, who you would have told yourself, you know, if he gets more experience, this two could be an amazing tandem, you know, moving forward. Yep. And back to the point of us learning in real time, Mel Tucker was like, no. Um, <laughs> you know what, right? Because we yeah. were all like, wow, look at that. Like, they're very capable Big Ten linebacking court. And Mel was like, not what I'm looking for. Like, thank you. We are going to be upgrading that. And, and to me, I was like, I'm like pleasantly shocked by this. We were like, obviously you don't want people to get pushed out, but you're kind of like, oh, wait, my expectations aren't good enough. This is fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a depth thing too. I mean, I think, you know, it's the competition breeds excellence. Uh, compete to play, compete to stay type of mentality that he's been very open and honest with since the day he stepped on campus. Uh, that's the way ball is played. We're, you know, just cause you got two good linebackers, you know, we still got room, we got room for more than two. Um, and I think that's maybe where, where we didn't, we didn't have that level of experience as a fan base. Uh, with that type of depth, at least not very often. I mean, sometimes you did, I think you go back to those Rose bowl teams and sure. uh, where you had like, I think Darian Harris was one of those guys that was coming Ed Davis was kind of a role player turned really good player who was derailed by injury. So, I mean, you had it, but just like the taste of it, not really mm-hmm. the, the full on pipeline. Like it appears it's it's kind of being built now. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's exciting to see, it's exciting to see players want to come and be a part of that. Not only, um, and it's exciting, exciting to see players stay. I mean, Ma staying is a yeah, big deal. He's one of the, he's the best recruit in that class from a year ago, or yeah, a year ago. And um, he was a you, you, universally very highly ranked recruit. So yeah. to not listen to the point is a big deal. Let's take that a step further about Mel growing us up quickly. Hmm. We were like, oh, Ma is so good. Like, he's going to play. Like, he could even see yeah. the field. And we're yeah. like, yeah, oh, look at him go. And and Mel's, like, actually a very mid-recruit. <laughs> you know, and yeah. And we're like, you know what he's oh. actually not going to do? Play. And we're like, at least for me, I'm like, oh, okay. Huh? That is a – I didn't realize we were the big boy now. We're, we're <laughs> like, look at – I'm so conditioned, like, to take the very small – number of like good things like valuable things and be like those valuable things need to be great and then i need a bunch of the things that nobody wanted to become like average and then we can compete and mel tucker was like well what if we just got a bunch of awesome things (laughs) didn't have to worry about any of that and i'm like or oh hear me hear me out we just get the guys that are good (laughs) yeah we could do all that or you know i could could skip a step (laughs) wow sure that makes sense i'm in yeah we could do that that sounds good does that sound good that sounds good (laughs) i no objections over here none um (laughs) yeah so and and, you know i think people are i do think this is a good opportunity to 
to yes, we have grown up as a fan base. Yes, we're we're getting accustomed to nice things. However, I do think it's worth maybe slightly pumping the brakes on some people because we are you're see, you're feeling this little bit of momentum, man, momentum, but like it's a little bit of bubbling tension uh, where people are like, well, we had this amazing spring game. Where are all the commits? It's like, guys, mm-hmm. you have now entered the world of 18 year old recruits. No, no are, good ones. Good ones. Great. Really, really good ones that are highly sought after. Uh huh. Very influenced by what they can get on, you know, follows and stuff on social media and NIL and all this stuff. Uh-huh. It, uh, you are you are now in an ever changing decision making process that is going to fluctuate constantly. You yes. can't you, you, you just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable now when it comes to this and, and confident that at the end of this whole thing, you're going to come out with a really good class. That's the world we live in now. So yeah. we, you, you as a as a fan, we as a united fan base, have yeah. to be comfortable with that. I think the, the, I guess where it clicked for me was where we keep reading about a, a kid that is maybe going to get flipped from Bama, okay? Mm-hmm. And Bama is twenty four seven like had it as a throwaway line in his like weekly weekend. Truly. He's like, yeah, and Michigan State looks to be in on this former Kermit. And then, like, that's it. Not, like, an article about it. Because there's a lot going on. And Bama is competing for, twenty. you know, is probably going to pull a class of 25 of those kids or better. And, you know, that's the world that Mel's trying to get to. And it's like, like you said, it's just way more volatile at the top, I think. Is what we're trying. To yeah, say. I mean that's also the game. Like I, I don't think you know what I mean. I think that fan base is used. To, I mean, as they should be, used to the games that that these these guys play. They're they're used to what happens. And yeah, it's more volatile. I mean, when you're you're you have at the top of the recruiting world, you have fewer fewer players that fit this bill being chased by more teams than anybody else in the pool, right? So you have more attention on fewer finite resources, if you want to look at it, that dehumanizes it a bit, but that's truly how you have to look at it in some regards. Um, And those things can change, they can change so quickly. And uh, yeah, so it's just like a little PSA. I think everybody should be just, be comfortable being uncomfortable because it's this is the world we would live in now until you until you see a reason to doubt mel tucker i would suggest just in enjoying i suppose the ride as long as you can and and trusting his process because uh you know through however many year two years now two and a half years it's it's been pretty solid thus far yeah i'll tell i want to tell you a quick five-star story because this is how i don't want to say naive but like my only um, exposure to it was I, I had a classmate who was a five-star running back. And it was just like the the movie, you know, Friday Night Lights when Booby Miles is like flip, not even opening the recruiting envelopes. Like, and, you know, we're in the weight room and like literally I watched that scene and I was like, oh my God, I, I, was, I saw that. 
and, and it was stacked because they'd mail them to the school and to his home. And it was Texas, USC, you know, Notre Dame, everyone, right? He didn't open any of them because he had already decided he was uh, where he was going to go. And I was just like, I thought maybe that's not, I'm not naive enough to think that that's how it went. But like, I didn't realize, you know, now five official visits paid yeah. for. And that, you know, fly to anywhere, have a great weekend, right? Like, why would you not do that? You know, and they're going to pull out every stop for you as a five star. As they should, because your talent is is elite. And I mean, these processes, I think, just take a lot longer. And there's just a lot more nuance to them because they know it's it's a business now, you know. Well, and there's NIL is a, is a part yeah. of it as well. And, and, and I, think, I, I, I will also say, I th- and I, I wonder how much this goes through some recruits' minds, but I, these guys probably see the portal and they see that guys can, you know, hey, I don't crack the rotation here in a year. I can throw my name in. And if I'm this yep. hotshot kid, it's like it's like taking in, in some ways, let's say you're a let's say you're the 15th best recruit in Alabama's class. That means you're probably the best recruit in most other schools, in most yeah. other schools, recruiting classes. For and sure. if you go there and if you don't crack the the rotation, you whatever you, you, you decide you don't like it. Uh, you put your name in back into the portal and you're going to have every one of those schools that's calling you right now, still beating down your door again. It's like taking yeah, a entry level job at yeah. Google, even if you're not good at it, you've yeah. got that on the resume now and you can yeah. go sell your services elsewhere. And I, I wonder if I don't wonder if I wonder how many kids ultimately look at it like that, because I, I, it, to me, it's true. I mean, I think it's it's an actual, it's not a bad game plan, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. It's one-year contracts, right? As And you know yeah. what? Like, until it's, why wouldn't you treat it like that if if you're a student? To, you, they need to take advantage of their situation, too. So, good. I mean, play the, play the game as the rules dictate. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to quick say to you, because I thought it was interesting. You know, as a fan's, it's you just will kind of watch the recruiting process and, and ideally are not tweeting at recruits because that's yes. a pretty general rule. Please, please don't. I, I, I will say that there is one area where you, the fan, gets to play a very small but a role in the recruiting process. And you mentioned this earlier on the podcast when you said it's all about social media um, numbers because that helps your NIL worth. And now I don't know if you've seen those elite recruits that were at uh, Michigan State's campus a couple of them have figured it out, including um, the top rated kid that was visiting where he was uh, saying, like, you know, help, you know, the more people I get to follow me is going to help one. I'm going to think better of that school. These are this is not what he said directly, but he was paraphrasing is going to feel better about them as a school because they basically just helped him make more money. Yeah. So and before even college. Right. So when he comes to a campus, he's like, yo, Michigan State fans give me some love like he's not doing that like for attention it's attention and money like he becomes worth more and you'll feel better about maybe your pick if they they see when they tweet something about the school and there's a thousand retweets and likes that that shows brands like this person is monetizable at that community 
So I think there's like, I just, I just, I'm not advocating anything. I'm just saying as a fan, like you all of a sudden have an act, a very small, but active role in recruiting. Yeah. Them. I mean, I mean, it shows that they have an audience. How do you think it's, it's influencers? It's the exact same concept. And honestly, it is where a school like Michigan state that has how many millions of alumni. Yep. Uh, how to take advantage can, can benefit. I mean, this is the, the, you know, you feel bad for the little guy at a certain point, like, sure, that's fine. These, these, these smaller schools are, are going to struggle in some ways with NIL because of this, but because we are a big university, you have to take advantage of that. And this is one of the ways that, that Michigan state can do it by bumping up those social numbers. And yeah, don't tweet at the kids, but there's nothing wrong with liking a tweet or giving them a follow and hitting the mute button. I mean, I mean seriously, you know, I'm not even kidding. Like that, if you want to make a difference, give them a follow and then mute. You never have to hear from them again. But you can you could give them the follow, and that's what matters. That's it. it it's so true. And and like and hey, or don't, and just they might have some good content. You know who knows? Yeah. But, but I mean, like that is the most like social currency matters too. Like, oh yeah. You, right. And, and that is the currency. And before you know, monetary. I don't know. I think Michigan State is in a lot of prime positions for a lot of reasons. Some luck, some made luck. And um, like you said, we need to pump the brakes a touch. But just in the very short term, I only mean that in like the immediate term. Like it's not like the football season where every week you get a win or a loss. Like these are longer burns. A lot of these top, top, top level kids won't decide until the very end of this entire process, like exactly. signing day. So, so settle in and don't, don't get too far ahead of yourself. I thought you meant about the program in general, but. Oh, I, no, 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 no. You should be excited about the, as excited as ever about the program. I mean, legitimately with like in this immediate term of we have these kids on campus. Why aren't they signed? Yeah. You know, when we heard all these positive things, and it's just because they want to take their time and go through their process. And the process is frankly just longer with better kids. Because there's more people calling on them. You want them to go. They, they're all going to take these visits as they should, like you said. And uh, that's just the way that it goes with the, the top top crust. We'll, we'll plug our friend Justin Thin because he does a, does a great job. And just do a really good job staying on top of it. Um, so. Yeah, they're, they're, they're about as good as it gets when it comes to the insiders. Well, this has been – we thought this would be a short pod. Are we doing hoops after this? Very quickly. Okay, we will. All right. Take a break. Should we do we'll a break? A quick commercial. Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Now we're back. Okay, John. Uh, turbo round. We do have some hoops to cover because a couple of things have happened since the last time we were here. Let's talk additions and subtractions. Um, we'll save the speculation on some of the other openings for when maybe things actually happen. But we do have some actual tangible stuff. 
Yeah, Joey Hauser's back. I, I actually can't remember if that <laughs> happened the last time on our podcast <laughs> or not. So I just so I don't we, think so. Might as well cover it. That's a big deal. And I'll just note like what a what a uh year for Joey Hauser. He was MSU's most, you know, most wanted number one on Twitter for the beginning of the year, maybe, and turned into like a very, very reliable player. <laughs> and so having him back was pretty huge. Yeah, I feel like I when we were going through right after the season and, you know, the guys that could be back or could not be back and how we sort of power ranked them, I'm pretty sure I said that uh, Hauser would ultimately be the guy that I wanted back uh, of all of them. And I think as long as you're – able to support him the way that he needs to be supported defensively. Uh, to, to me, this is a, actually, even without that, this is a, this is a massive get back for Michigan state. It gives them front court depth that they, if he had gone would simply not have had at all. Um, sure. It, it gives them stre- a stretch option in the front. I mean, Joey really down the stretch was becoming what maybe you can definitely argue the most reliable front court option, especially offensively uh, mm-hmm. for the team. So on a team that's looking like it's in a weird transitional spot to get a guy like that back is, is a big deal. Job's not done, but that's a, that's a nice bring back for MSU. If your backup point power forward is better than half of the power forward starters in the big 10, you're in a good spot. Yep. It's a good yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so really quickly, you know, there were a couple other uh pieces that happened. Uh Davis Smith um hit the portal and is now back, pulled a pull a ma. Uh and um I believe he'll be on scholarship. I'm not sure. They certainly have plenty to give, so I don't think it'll be an issue. <laughs> um we did learn that uh Julius Marble is headed to Texas A&M and to play for uh, Buzz Williams. How do you feel about that? A great landing spot for him. Yeah, I love you. Uh, A&M's got a nice little program. They probably should have made the tournament this year. So that's uh, a great landing spot. Yeah. Great landing spot for Julius. I hope he plays and, and, and gets minutes there. Buzz Williams, great head coach. Um, I've, I've you know, listened to him on a few podcasts about his talk about his program, and and he seems like a guy a lot of people would want to play for. That's that's exciting for Julius, and it's close to Dallas. Yep, relative to Michigan State, which I know is where he's from. So uh, yeah, hope with nothing nothing but the best for Julius. Buzz is a passionate guy, and and I think you can either love him or hate him, right? But I I love that he went to a program that is very unhateable um, from a basketball perspective, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. they're just nothing to me. Like, okay, sure, you're playing for that team. Um, I don't hate that. Also, I'll recommend follow, uh, set your alerts for like Texas A&M basketball games now because you're going to forget. It's really nice to check in on like former MSU players, I can say from experience, and you just like watch them do well. And I think he's going to do really well for an NCAA tournament team, which is cool. So good luck to him. Um, Agreed. So let me see. Is there any other? Oh, Max Christie, we learned, is not transferring. That was okay. a deep rumor for a while. Um, so at, he may still enter the NBA draft, but the uh, tr- transfer portal period has come and gone. So um, he will not be transferring. But like I said, uh, still waiting to go to that camp, uh, where, training camp, where you're going to learn a lot about yourself. 
Yeah, and this is one of those things that is almost a similar corollary with the portal to some degree. Um, but it's like, you know, if you're Max, why not go get the analysis or like go go get the feedback? You you hope that he makes the right decision. I know there's there's been rumors of some frustration within his camp about certain you know ways he's deployed or whatever. But uh, you hope that he goes gets some feedback, and if the feedback is hey we're we're gonna draft you in the first round, that he goes and gets the money. I mean, like we've talked sure. about it a million and times sure. here. Go get paid. If someone you gives should. you a first round lock, you should you should go and you shouldn't think twice about it. But no. If they don't, you should come back because Michigan State exactly. A really needs you. You're going to play 35 minutes a night. And if you're going to concentrate on getting better, you're probably going to be asked to and given the opportunity to, frankly, do more uh, and, and prove that you're you are the five star talent that we definitely saw him be from from time to time last year. So, yeah, dude, I mean, obviously, like you said, the money you, you have a guaranteed contract in the first round you have if you have a guarantee you you need to yeah, go, even yeah. if you're not ready like go get because you don't know what's going to happen the next year okay. yep. so but to your point like if you're not if there's any uncertainty it, it to me it obviously do what you need to do but um it makes sense to come back the last thing i think is funny is like i'm just thinking if we were in any way like in high school recruited to do anything and people are like oh austin smith's camp it's like it's just like your, <laughs> it's like your parents You're like my austin, camp is my wife that's what yeah. i know that's what i mean is like when you were in high school to be like yeah i gotta talk to my mom like before i make this decision i have to talk to my team i can't yeah my team my uh my my huge team here at home uh, like it's just so funny to me because I think Max Christie's camp is literally his parents. So. Yeah, it probably, it probably, it definitely is. But I think it's it's funny to think of. It's like now it's like Mike Austin. Rumor has it Austin Smith's camp is mad because he forgot to do the laundry. Rumor has it Austin Smith's camp is mad because the car's dirty and he left an empty water bottle in the cup holder. Dude, when you are in negotiations with your job for anything and they ask you a question, be like, I need to get back with my camp. <laughs> <laughs> they'll either rescind the offer or take yeah. it very seriously. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear from my people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to run this by a few people, my team, you know. Run the numbers. So, yeah, this isn't just my decision. This is, this is, a, this is a sour decision. Would you stake in me? Yeah, exactly. We need to be conscious of the brand. Um, like you're, you're not that important, dude. <laughs> we won't be calling you back. <laughs> um. Okay, so I do want to spend a little bit of time on the playoffs because I know we're going to go fast and maybe we'll spend more time next time. But we were in the throes of the NBA playoffs and we thought we'd be remiss to not celebrate the fact that there are Spartans in the NBA who are uh, doing quite well. Um, Austin, did you see the Charlotte Hornets playing game? Yeah, I did. And I saw Miles <laughs> be a little upset on the way out. <laughs> That was wild. Uh, Miles Bridges did not have a great game. Had a great season, and one game shouldn't uh, define a season. He had such a great season that he's probably not going to be a Charlotte Hornet next year, uh, he, where he'll probably get a max contract with, you'd like to think, uh, a team that sees him as a second banana, you know, like a a real alpha contributor. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be a for, for a contender, though. What do you think? I mean... Is he, a, is he a true free agent or is he a restricted free agent? I think it's uh, 
restricted. But um, okay, so the Charlotte has the chance to match whatever offer somebody gives him. I think he's a really interesting litmus test for the NBA because if you take off yeah. the Michigan State glasses, like yep, yep, he's mm-hmm. as athletic as anybody in the league. He guards so hard. He's all effort. You love like the attitude. His three point shooting is so much better now. It's better. His offensive game and his handle Mm -hmm. uh, need need to get better because because in reality, he's a bit of a tweener, even though the NBA is smaller. Like he's not. It's just like we saw at MSU. Like when he played the three, he was out of position. Right. End of story. But MSU had too many damn bigs. Oh, first world problem. Too many bigs. (laughs) Can you allow him to play? Oh, God. To allow him to play his best position. So um, and in the NBA, I don't know that he's big enough to be a four. So he kind of has to be that three and he's got to improve his handle. Now he's still so young that I think somebody is going to, like you said, one of those up and coming teams is going to take a chance on him, pay him big money. I mean, the Homer in me wants that to be the Pistons so badly just to have miles to call our own. But um, I don't know if they're in a position to, to throw that kind of money around yet, but you know, I would think between, I think they they are are certainly uh, on the radar or on the short list of teams that would consider doing that. I would keep an eye on Portland. Portland, uh, yeah, people have talked Portland recently. Yeah, like but Portland wouldn't surprise me at all because they feel like they're in this constant fight to just keep Damian Lillard around. And well, he's at the he's at the point of his career where this is you you get like one more load up while he's the the alpha. Yeah, and it needs to come like in the next year or two, or it's or it's like and totally, he, totally good night. And unfortunately, I'm just gonna let's just say what it is. Like, it won't happen in Portland, and yeah. I hope for him because he's so lovable that he goes and becomes a second, the second banana, the way C.J. McCollum was to him, you yeah. know, for a for a different team and wins a championship because he's beloved. People love Damian. Yeah. He I'd just, love to see him in Miami. I feel like he'd fit very well in Miami. Hey, man. But back to Miles. They might not need him, but. Yeah. Back to, quickly to round it out on Miles. Like, you know, I, I would say that even in my wildest dreams, I didn't think Miles Bridges would become this good. No. I'm no. shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> and I mean, that, like, I don't mean that. I guess it sounds mean, but like. I knew he was the most uber athletic guy in most gyms he walked in, into in the NBA. I didn't know if he was going to be able to have his game translate. And it did like it somehow did, despite like you keep saying he's a tweener. It just, and he's still, you know, going to be up for a max contract. I thought he would be in the NBA, but not, not where he is yeah. now. So I, I don't think he would be, a. I didn't think he'd be a bona fide starter. Max, or, he's a but, max contract. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna be he's gonna get a big a big deal. I just I the other t- man, I could tell you the other place I'd love to see him go. And as his transitions, I would love him in Memphis. Oh, uh, oh. oh, he would oh he would be so much fun in Memphis with him. And they honestly, aside from Ja, they could use they, they could use a guy like him. Although there I so and, many. Oh my God, the dunks! Austin, there are so many mega player, NBA creative players in on Memphis's team. Seriously, you could yeah. load all of them and put in Miles Bridges. They have this; they can make it happen. Like you have, and then you would have 
three Michigan State Spartans on your Michigan yeah. Grizzlies oh. who are in a hell of a series right now. Yeah. Uh, with with Golden State. I don't know if you've been watching the playoffs, but um Oh yeah. Dude, the Grizzlies are so funny. Like you said, they're so we kind of keep saying they're so young. Like I almost thought they were gonna blow the Timberwolves series. But oh, they wanted to, but the Timberwolves wanted to blow it more. They wanted to blow it so bad because they're young and don't know how to do this. But they're also so stupid that they could beat the Warriors. Like they're both. Oh yeah. The they're very both. the variation on them is pretty insane, but it's all it's all John Morant. Can I just tell I think I'm gonna have like a big time old man take here, but like they need John I can't believe we're talking NBA, but the John Morant needs to learn how to shoot. Because until he does, he's Does he? Does he? He, ab- he absolutely does because otherwise he just he just drives into the lane with no game plan and okay. gets stuffed at the rack. Okay, so here's here's a question: Is he not just Giannis as a guard? I mean, just, yeah, but but as a guard is a big qualifier there, right? Because <laughs> Giannis can play yeah. defense, right? Giannis is seven foot one. That's the difference. Well, well I mean, well, John's that's six five. But the whole, that's my point, though, is like there's a ceiling on his game because Giannis, yeah. to win it all, had to be seven foot, which also means he's an elite defender, right? Yeah. The rim. If you take it down to six five and you have Giannis's game, you're not going to win an NBA championship. You just right. can't, you can't do it. So, yeah. too, maybe Miles is the right guy. You know, to, I don't it would know. be fun. It would be fun. I would just like to see, I would watch them and just watch them cram a billion times during every game. It would be sweet. Did you see game one? Yes. Draymond. See ya. Bye-bye. And then Jaron Jackson in Fuego. Um, Xavier Tillman in, in big boy minutes. Like, mm-hmm. and Zebo was courtside. I mean, it was an affair. It was a Michigan State affair to to remember. Um, I love Jaron so much. I just he's wish he cool. stopped fouling people. Well, who he's allergic to fouling. Whom's whom's indeed. I, I, I he's allergic to not fouling. Did if you guys aren't NBA fans, I really encourage you to watch this series because there's a lot of Michigan State involved. It's a really fun, good basketball minus John Morant throwing himself into the lane. <laughs> and the the last thing, though, is, like, you're going to see Jaron Jackson. If you're not an NBA fan, you're, you're going to, like, your jaw's going to drop. Like, he, you haven't seen this guy play basketball since 2017. Yeah. It's changed, man. <laughs> like, just, a, just a little bit. He's, uh, he's, he's a, looking like a big, grown-ass man. He's an adult. <laughs> Grown, yeah, he's he's. I think he might be Jaron Jackson senior now. No, he's now the father. Yes, he's in yes. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's a and Xavier Tillman looks um like like a hustler, like he's he in the sense that wrong word, like he's a work hard guy, like he, oh garbage pail. He's energy guy. He, like, he's, he's small too. That's he, the that's what part. I mean. He's a little scrappy. He's he was the big. biggest guy on the teams that went to the final four by like a decent margin. And he is a average size four in the NBA. And it's kind That's of fun. what I'm saying is he looks like he's scrappy do in this game. And like <laughs> <laughs> an amazing series. I know it's going to be awesome. All right, Austin, anything else um, in the hoops? I think world that's it. Ion? 
Okay. Well, I think that's all we got here, John. Yeah, we'll treat, keep trying to come back every two weeks. Hopefully, we'll have a new assistant hire on the uh, basketball team, maybe a center. Um, who knows? Wild things could happen. Maybe a five-star commit. Five-star commit could happen. Who knows? Let's put it out there. That's what we'd like to see. You know, you got to speak it into existence sometimes, man. Amen. All right, John. Listen, this has been fun. Guys, as always, thanks for sticking with us. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next time. See you.